At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 241. What's going on? Matt O'Leary, Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how you doing, my friend? I realized I am a wicked lightweight yesterday. So oh. during the uh, the post-game podcast, I had a beer during the game, and then I had a beer during the podcast. I had two beers. I don't usually have two beers, uh, at least not during the weekday. And or a weekday, and uh, boy, when I woke up this morning, my head was not happy, and I had two beers, like short cans. I had little stubbies, and uh, still like headache. What the hell is going on here? Not good, Mitch. That we don't we don't like to hear the sound of that. It sounds like aging. It's scary. Or or I I gotta like make sure to drink a liter of freaking water between each like three hundred fifty mil beer or something like that. What the hell? Oh, man, you poor guy. That's no fun. Two beers and a hangover. Don't love that. No, so it didn't last long, thankfully, but still it was there. What's going on with you? Um, I did one of your favorite pastimes today. I had um, I finished up work around like five thirty six and um, I had a little bit of time after I ate. I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to like lay here for a second and then like 10 minute, like a quick 10 minute nap. I woke up I'm like I feel a billion times better. I am ready to go. We got the po- eyes on two eyes on Isles podcast tonight. Uh, I had another appearance that I was doing on another show before, and I'm like, I'm ready. Like I'm, that's all I needed to get me back. Because before that, Mitch, I was in rough shape. I just, I don't know. It was just one of those days. I was like, I'm not feeling this. I don't, I don't want to do anything. And then that 10 minute nap changed everything. It really does, man. And it doesn't matter where you do it. I had one yesterday. Like we, I was doing perler beads with my son. We were doing like Pokemon and stuff because that's all they're into. And uh, I was just kind of like, oh, I'm kind of feeling tired. And I kept like moving down the table to the left until eventually I just like fell asleep on the bench and like out. My wife's got pictures of me just out curled up on the bench. We have a bench in the bay window and that's where I was just nestled in there for a good 20 minute power nap. And uh, it, it did a world of a difference. Love that. And uh, speaking of things we love, we could transition and get into the Islanders mm. top line, which is just phenomenal right now and no it's not the Matthew Barzell unit which uh you know most people when you think Islanders top line like if you're not you know familiar with the with the team or just you don't watch them every day you think oh you know Matt Barzell's line no we're talking about Anders Lee Brock Nelson Anthony Beauvillier because the three of them are on fire right now and uh it's been really fun to watch yeah uh, so like Barry Trotz had to scrape together a line right 
Matthew Barzell goes out with an injury. I, I undisclosed what type of injury it was, but either way, he had to miss a couple of games because of it. And so Barry's got to scramble, going like, well, who am I going to put on my top line? Clearly, Brock Nelson moves up as the center, but who do I put next to him? And he's just like, oh, I'll put Anders Lee. I make it sounds like it was random, but like you know, there was purpose to it. But I'm going to put Lee there, and I'm going to put Bo on the right, who's a left shot. And it works like gangbusters. I don't think he expected it to work as well as it friggin' did, because it's still working today. They what Nelson has 18 goals since February 1st. That's stupid. And league's got 14. Like the hell are we talking about here? Yeah, it's just insane. And obviously that's a bigger sample size. But even just looking at the last five games, both Brock Nelson and Anders Lee have nine points in their last five games. Like that's just absurd. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're close to two points per game over the last five, and um, yeah, they're, they're killing it right now. And they're doing they're playing well defensively. They're obviously playing well offensively, and it's really helping the Islanders go. And really, what it does is it gives the Islanders another look to go like, oh shit, this line works well. Okay, well we still got that Barzal guy to play. The, that guy we know can score points. That's an 80-point player at one point. Um, at least a 60-point player. The, the, they have another one of those guys who's not even p- performing as at their standard right now. And so you're going, okay, if I can keep that line together going forward, now i got to figure out what my other line is, what would be my 1B line, let's say. And so right now it's it's Parise, Barzal, Wallstrom, but like you, you would ideally pick up another winger to replace Parise, who shouldn't be playing the high in the lineup necessarily. No, which, I mean, we're going to get to eventually, but ironically, Parise has been the better of the two wingers on that line, which is just, again, a conversation for the next segment here. But just focusing in on Brock Nelson and Anders Lee, because, I mean, no disrespect to Anthony Beauvillier, who's held his own. I mean, he has four points in the last five games, so he's putting up numbers too. But it really seems that Nelson and Lee have this connection. What do you think... You know, it is. I, I don't know. Even Barry Trotz is like, I don't know, guys. I didn't think it would work because you're talking about two guys who love to shoot the puck from different areas kind of thing. Like right. Andrews Lee's office is right along the uh, the, the crease. Uh, and then Brock Nelson is obviously likes to shoot from close because everyone does. But he can he can rip him from anywhere. But these are guys who like to have the puck on their stick. So you're like. Are they going to share it, right? And sure as hell they do. Anders Lee, look at his assist numbers, right? They're up to like 15 on the year. They were at eight before that happened. So insane change there. So what is it that's working? I don't know. It might just be that they've been together forever and they're just kind of like, I know where you're going to be. I know where you're going to be. So we're good, right? Like that seems plausible. It does. But the irony here is they haven't played together on a line in a long time like yes the the kid line back in the day which was one of my favorite islanders lines with the strom in the mix with those two um but that's like 2015 that this is eons ago in in hockey in hockey sense it's a long freaking time uh and you know for the last few years anders lee's been with matthew barzal which also makes a ton of sense but not a ton of time with brock nelson but i really think there's something here like i i wrote um, either last week or earlier this week um, about, you know, Brock Nelson kind of turning into the Islanders' number one center and uh, Anders Lee being a nice running mate for him, which if you told me that at the beginning of the year, I'd be like, you're you're crazy. Like, that doesn't make, there's no way that that's possible. But I don't know how you could argue against that at the moment. 
No, like if you put us in that situation again that you had, like at the beginning of the year, saying Brock Nelson's playing with with Anders Lee, I would have said, "What the hell is happening to Matthew Barzell?" or, or "What happened to Matthew Barzell?" Because there's no way that Barry Trotz would have taken away Barzell from Lee or Lee from Barzell unless something terrible happened, and and of course something kind of did. Matthew Barzell got injured. It, it wasn't anything. Um, I don't know. Uh, well, it wasn't a grave injury or serious injury. That's the word I wanted to use. Um, but but still, yeah, he had to put them there, and it's worked. And it's just like, well, I'm not going to go back to it. This is working. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And this is very much not broke. It's basically turned to gold at this point. Um, so, yeah, now it's what the hell do we do with the rest of the lineup? Yeah, which is definitely uh, a big question here for what they do with the rest of the lineup because um, – well, this line has been carrying the Islanders, and they've been playing better outside of you know this past weekend where they lost pretty good to Boston and Tampa Bay, two teams who are significantly better than them right now. Uh, they've been scoring and putting up goals. It's just they feel like this line is very much so carrying them at the moment. Absolutely. The, the, the problem with the Islanders is they're scoring a ton of goals. They're fifth in goals in the NHL since February 1st, but they're allowing quite a bit as well. I think over that same stretch there, 17th, somewhere around like middle of the pack in terms of goals against. That's not good. That's not the Islanders we know. Um, so they, they need to fix defensively what they're doing. And, and that makes sense because the way the Islanders plays, we invite a lot of pressure and we're going to kill you on the counter, basically. Uh, not not exactly that, but it's essentially we're going to soak up that pressure and create limit your opportunities while creating our own. We're just going to convert on them more frequently than you will. Um and the Islanders have been doing that latter part kind of thing. Well, it's sort of. We're converting on them. They're just allowing a whole crap ton for the other team who are also converting on them maybe a little bit more frequently than the Islanders are. And so they need to clean stuff up in their own end. And so they still need to sort that out going forward. But the big takeaway here is that they're scoring a lot more than we're used to. Yeah, which is obviously... Uh a welcomed addition because usually the Islanders are, are struggling offensively, but because we can't have nice things, you can't have the, the defense going at the right time and the offense going at the right time, which, uh, which thinks we're seeing Grant Hutton out there who has been okay, but like obviously is kind of learning on the fly here. Sebastian Ajo and his a million turnovers before that. Um, so it was a little rough for a little bit, but just trying to shine a positive light on the Islanders forwards who are playing pretty good right now. And most specifically that top line, because Nelson has 32 goals. Uh, he's never scored 32 <laughs> goals in his life and he's played 56 games this year. Yeah, it's career high before that was 26. Was it not? Yeah, either 26 or 27. It might've been 26. doesn't matter. Like but the, he's, yeah, Right. He's well above it now and he's still got a lot of runway to play with. Um, there's just absolutely ridiculous levels of production from, from uh, Brock Nelson. But but on that top line, that third player, Anthony Beauvillier, um, we talked about it on the show. We've written about it. Uh, and it's been mentioned everywhere, obviously. Uh, the Islanders need to retool. Uh, and the the best way for them to do that, as mentioned by Lou Lamorello, is they're going to have to make some hockey trades. And everyone before this new top line was made, including myself, was like, well, Bo's got to be a player in that, right? Bo's got to be a guy you ship out to bring someone in that you need. You ship out Bo as a top six winger to bring in a top four D type of thing-ish. Uh, um, is that something you still do now? Or is it just kind of like, 
we can't move Bo at all because of what's happening here. Um, no, I'm not at that point. I don't think it's changed enough for me because this we've seen this for five years at this point. He goes through these stretches. Um, and if you could up, like, obviously, like, let's say that you're moving Bovillier to bring in like a high end defenseman to add, and then you sign a forward in free agency. I would rather go that route. Then say like, okay, we're just gonna run it back with Bo, and then take our chances on uh, the free agency market for the defense. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Like, I remember making that proposition a few months back, and it was a lot of the uh, the pushback that I got, and rightfully so, was that well, you can't you're selling Bo at a loss right now because he's not at his peak. He's not really you're not getting peak value for him. Uh, we're getting close to it right now. And so maybe that's something they visit, right? If you can pull a, a, a chicken and, and, and Bo goes, obviously not one for one, but still, all right, that's something to entertain. And then you address the left wing position or the right wing top line position some, some other way. Because we have to remember, usually when coaches make up lines, and I believe Barry Trotz said this recently, is that they operate in duos, right? We look to put duos together, and then we add a third piece to depending on what's happening contextually type of thing. So the, the duo obviously here is, as you mentioned, Brock Nelson and Andrews Lee, and that stays together. Right, and like, I don't know, I feel like this might come off as disrespectful, but uh, Beauvillier seems more of like the passenger on the line with how well Lee and Nelson's been playing. I think a lot of what he does goes is underrated, right? Because he's he gets it on the forecheck. His speed is there. He's disruptive and stuff. And, and that might not tr- uh, translate itself on the score sheet because he might be getting up on said forecheck and the puck works to, uh, to defenseman who works it to someone else. And, and just by the, the, the sheer number of people touching pucks before it gets in, he doesn't get a helper on it. But he still did something important to the play. So I, I think that's going unnoticed here. But you're right, though. Like He's still not one of the, the last two guys or three guys, I guess, to touch the puck before it goes in the net. And that's still kind of important because that's how we measure success in this league. Right. And like he's been, he's been fine. Like, I just don't. Yeah. Like when I think of that line and their success, it, he's not the one. It's the other two that are coming to mind. And maybe that's not fair because, like you said, some of the things do go unnoticed. But I think it's just the, it's the reality of how I'm looking at it. And I feel like most people are looking at it that way. Yeah, I, when you look at what thirty-two goals combined between Lee and Nelson over the last two months, it's and no one else comes close. Although Palmieri with ten is ridiculous, considering how many he's had disallowed in that stretch of time. Um, right, like you, you can't say like, well, he's on the same, and obviously that's not what I'm arguing. But like, you can't say that Bo is at the same level pegging when he's not even in double-digit goals, and and these guys are putting up thirty-two in two months. Like that's just stupid. But um, his values there, I, I think that when they approach said hockey trades, they, they might get something decent or, or the value is significantly higher now for Bovillia when they look to make said hockey trade. Yeah, um, I, I'm with you on that end. I think that makes the most sense. But um, yeah, just you have to love what you're seeing out of Anders Lee and Brock Nelson. Brock's been scoring all year long. Lee had a little bit of a slow start, as we mentioned, but... I mean, now he's up to 40 points and 25 goals. You'd imagine that he's going to hit 30 and probably close to 50 points, which you sign up for that from, from Anders Lee. Yeah, we got to remember the injury, right? Like, this is what he's doing now that he's fully healthy, and you're going, all right, let's go, baby. Um, we'll take that. But I think an important thing here with that top line working as well as it's working is that Matthew Barzal isn't 
the one in charge here necessarily. It's really Brock Nelson Andersley running the offensive show while Matthew Barzell still effectively gets up to speed. He's still doing okay with 17 points in 22 games since February 1st. It's like a 64-point pace or something like that. Um, But he's not the one running it. So he's still got another gear to hit, and we're still putting in bucket loads of goals. Look out. Yeah, no, you have to. That's a great point, too, because usually, what have we said always? It's the Islanders offense goes as Matt Barzell goes. And right now, comparatively, he's been pretty quiet, but it's other guys like Brock, like Lee, Palmieri, you mentioned, too, picking up the scoring slack. Yeah, and that's what the Islanders have needed for a while. Hopefully, this isn't going to be, um, this isn't going to do to Lou, or, or sorry, this is going to influence Lou is the word I want to use to say, like, well, I guess we don't have to do anything. Because the guys are running and you're like, no, 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 this doesn't mean we can't do anything. It just means look at the potential you have and you've got the room to do more. Think of the possibilities. I don't think so. And like, I don't know if that's just me being like too overly optimistic, but I feel like he sees the opportunity. I, I Maybe it's me giving him too much credit, but I, I do. I feel like he's wise enough to see like, okay, we have this nice nucleus. We just need to add a, a couple more tweaks. Like I was talking to someone today at work. They're a St. Louis Blues fan, but he was talking about um, the Islanders and how they've been playing recently. He's like, they're scoring a lot. He's like, they, they're just a couple tweaks away, but I think they could be right back. And I mean, that coming from someone on on the outside who's not just, you know, so hyper focused on the Islanders was good to hear. Yeah, he's right. Right. We need a top four defenseman and we need a top line winger. We don't need a top line winger necessarily if this team is going to do what they're doing now. But I would assume to get that top four defenseman, uh, a top six winger is moving. And so that that creates that gap right there. Right. And then my hope would be that you're getting someone with maybe a little bit of a higher ceiling than Anthony Beauvillier. Yeah, a little bit more consistently. We know he can put up 50 to 60 points, not like we hope he can he can put up a pace of 50, 60 points type of thing. Right. Because, you know, that usually ends up to half a season where he's at 60 points, half a season where he's at 24. And then he ends up at like, I don't know, 18 goals and 42 points. And you're like, it's OK. It's, it's very OK. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, maybe we could transition now and talk about someone who's not doing so okay, which is a little scary. And um, I don't know. I don't, I don't like to talk about it because it's a player that I really like, but he's struggling right now. And that's Oliver Wallstrom, who has four points over his last 24 games. Not great. 22 over the last 59 with 12 goals. Uh, 12 goals, that is. Uh, started the year hot, right? First eight games, five goals to his name. Things are going like, here we go. The rise of Wally is happening. Uh, and then cooled off significantly after that and has not come out of it just yet. And where he's played almost 60 games. He's had 59 games played here. Um, Barry Trotz has been looking for his button all year and has yet to find it. And I, I don't know what it's going to take, man. No, and like here's the thing, he's he got put with Matthew Barzell now, so that that excuse or that plan kind of goes out the window. Um and I think people were so critical of Barry Trotz and his treatment of him earlier in the year and I think some of it's warranted. Like I, I'm not going to say that it's just he's Barry Trotz was 100% in the right and Oliver Wilson was 100% in the wrong. I don't think that's fair. But I think we're seeing now because I mean he, the, the excuse is gone. He's playing with Matthew Barzell, who is the most talented offensive player that they have. 
and he's still not producing. So it's something on him to figure out what what it's going to take for him to figure out. I don't know, but it's just it's so weird to me that earlier this year, in the first month of the year, if he told me that by year's end, we'd be like, no, Dobson is like surefire top four defenseman or maybe even like top pairing defenseman type of talent. And Oliver Wallstrom, like you're still question mark. I would have said there's no way with the hot start that Oliver Wallstrom got out to and freaking Noah Dobson was a healthy scratch at the beginning of the year. That sounds like, a, again, eons ago. That's like a whole nother lifetime. It really does, man. I, I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, him being Oliver Wallstrom, obviously, at this point, the, the ice time isn't big, of, isn't that much of a difference. He's been averaging in the first like couple of games where he, he just piled on the, the goals there. He was averaging 13 minutes worth of ice time. And of late, he's got, I'm just trying to do the numbers again. Oh, hockey reference. Come on now. Uh, if I can get the last 20 games or so, 19 games, I've got 11 minutes worth of ice time. So, like, it's a little bit less, but, like, he's not playing well, which is resulting in a little bit less. You can see him just kind of not shut down, but just not realize what's happening necessarily, like, in the defensive zone. And it it creates a turnover or it creates a goal against. And those are the things that Barry Schwartz wants to eliminate because he knows what he's doing offensively. He knows that if he puts Oliver Wallstrom in a full offensive situation, he's going to get production out of him. But what he's worried about is... How many goals is he scoring and giving up? And I want to limit the latter as much as possible. And I'm going to try to teach this kid now so I don't have to worry about teaching him when he's 27 and, and is not going to be able to do so. No, exactly. And that's like he's still young, obviously. He's only 22 years old. Um, so there there is still room for growth and or not even he's 21 years old. But like it's. I just thought he'd be further along at this point, and I'm a little bit surprised that he wasn't able to take that step because, like I said earlier in the year, like my expectation was, okay, Oliver Wallstrom is going to turn into that 20-goal scorer and Noah Dobson's still like the question mark where now it's it's the complete opposite. I could not be any more confident in Noah Dobson being you know, what, what the Islanders were drafting him for where Oliver Wallstrom is still very far away from that. Yeah, and I, we don't know what it's really going to take. For Noah Dobson, sat one game, came right back. Uh, of course, he sat the one game, and then because uh, Ryan Pollock got injured, he had to play more minutes. So that combination obviously kind of factored, you know, the timing was right type of thing. Whereas we're not seeing that with Oliver Wallstrom. Obviously, there's there's no injury to the top six, uh, specifically on, on the right side. So he's not getting more ice time where Barry's like, I got to see what you got. Show me what you got type of thing. Um, we're, we're, that's not happening for Oliver Wallstrom. He's going to have to create that opportunity. And I don't mean go Tanya Harding someone necessarily, but like he's going to have to show the coach that he needs to put be put in that position. And he's not showing that right now. Uh, it's really his defensive game that is just not there. And I think that is taking a toll on him because this is a, it's a confidence game. Obviously he's a, he's a confident player, but when things aren't going well, that confidence can get drained pretty quickly. And, and I think that's what we're seeing right now. It's just not a fully confident Oliver Wallstrom. Um, he needs something to get him going again. Barry's got to dangle the carrot, I think. And, and I believe that it's going to have to be power play time because he's not getting it right now. Yeah, that's the only thing that he isn't getting right now. And that's a good point because, as we mentioned at the top of the segment here, he's playing with Matthew Barzal. So, um, 
you know, that he's getting that privilege, but he's not getting the power play time. And we've seen in the past, he's done a lot of damage on the power play. He likes to score on the power play. So maybe that would get his confidence back because it's clearly not a talent thing. I think it's, I think it's something that he's in his own head about, whether it's confidence issue or just thinking like maybe focusing too much on defensive responsibilities and then, you know, in his head in the offensive zone. But um, maybe that would get him more comfortable. Maybe. And like I say that fully well knowing that I had said a couple of weeks ago, maybe not on this show, but at least on the patron show, a shout out to the patrons, um, saying like, I don't care that he's not on the power play. I don't. If it's going to help him get his five on five, five on five game going, then I'm all for it. Whatever. The power play is doing perfectly well without him, right? They're at like 38% efficiency in the last like couple of months here. So I'm not worried about the power play. Uh, but if you can put him on the second power play unit that is having Anthony Bovillier on the left and Josh Bailey on the right, uh, that definitely needs to be swapped and have Wallstrom on there. Um, maybe that works because if he can pop in a couple of power play goals or power play points, that might get him feeling good and, and get the things going here. Um, but clearly Barry Trotz doesn't think so. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's weird. I, I I don't know what it's going to take for him to snap out of it because it's not like a 10 game stretch where it's like, ah, yeah, he's just cooled off. No, this is like half the season just about where he's been pretty much ineffective for half the year, which something has to change. So maybe the only other button I feel like you could hit is that power play. Yeah, because there's no other button to put. What We're going to bench you again. Cool. You've been doing that nonstop. Um we're going to take what put you on the fourth line. Well, that's not going to really be effective. Like you really think you're going to get something out of him playing on the fourth line. We all know that's not where he belongs. Um, so there's nothing really else to do, but, but do that or, or have like Zach Parise quite literally put his arm around him. Like we saw Zidane Ochara do with Noah Dobson the other day. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Don't know, but because we're talking about a, for, a former 45 goal scorer in Zach Parise. That's true. Someone who not the same type of scorer, of course, but like um, he's not throwing clappers from the left side necessarily, but still 45 goals, maybe something to teach Oliver Walsh from there. Uh, it makes sense that they're playing on the same line. Like I, you, we saw the graphic or the the video of Zidane Chara putting his arm around Noah Dobson. It was like kind of like taking him under his wing there, both literally and figuratively. Um, and the hope was that Zach Parise would do that for Oliver Wallstrom this year, but... I, I, I don't know. It's, it's not working right now. It doesn't seem to be working. I, I don't I don't know why. Um, and of course, like Oliver Walsh has got to be receptive to that type of thing as well. Who says he is right? Like we know his temperament isn't the same thing as Noah Dobson, right? Noah Dobson's a little bit understated, uh, isn't as as um, boisterous necessarily. And I imagine Oliver Walsh is not to say that he's loud and just says whatever he wants whenever he wants but um Oliver Walsh is a little bit more bubbly let's say than um Noah Dobson is and so he might necessarily might, he might not be as receptive to that to that kind of teaching as Noah Dobson is and, and maybe that's what we're fi- we're finding trying to find the right teacher for Oliver Wallstrom that they haven't found yet right and I have full confidence that they are going to figure that out um in both yeah. Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz which I think goes back to the original conversation. The irony here is that people were blaming Barry Trotz for Oliver Wallstrom's shortcomings. And I think this past stretch has proven that, well, that's clearly false. 
Yeah, at the beginning of the year, there was no real reason, because I was also one of those going like, what the hell is going on, Barry Trotz? You're going to play Oliver Walsh in 10 minutes. And, and that's when he was scoring like five goals in eight games. Um, so we didn't have that kind of frame of reference then to be like, well, he's not playing well. Wow. Who, what? We haven't even seen it yet. He's coming out and scoring goals. That seems pretty well to me. Um, but after that, not, nothing was really coming of it. And now we can see the fragilities in the game. Now that we've got the sample size, you're going, all right, okay, I, I see what it is. I don't think that was there at the beginning of the year. Uh, and maybe that that's kind of a, a factor too, is like he puts up goals and doesn't get rewarded for it and says he gets, instead he gets chastised. And you're like, ah, what am I supposed to do here? When I do well, I get crapped on. And when I get do more bad, I still get crapped on. Like the hell am I doing here? Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's complicated. It, well, clearly there's not like, it's not a black and white issue. It's, there's a lot of gray area here and they're just trying to get through that gray and get to uh, the end here. Yeah, on his Facebook status, be NHL player. It's complicated. That's his status. Now. <laughs> yes, yes, it's complicated. We're looking to get this to in a relationship, or engaged, or married, or something like that. Um, we don't want yeah. singles. Obviously, bad, but we are currently in. It's complicated. Yeah. So let's let's get this to in a relationship ASAP, please. Absolutely. Anything else on Oliver Walsam or any other forwards before we move to down on the farm? No, I don't think so. Do you have anything else? No, I think we hit it, man. Right now, it's the that top line carrying the Islanders and just, I don't know. I feel like it's a head-scratcher. Don't have any answers to Oliver Wallstrom's struggles, but it's weird. Yeah, I don't know. we got to figure out ASAP. Absolutely. So what do we got going on in the farm system? Who's doing what? All right, so there's a few things I want to get out here. Uh, first and foremost, I got a list of four. So um, uh, Russin Ishikov has a new head coach. Adler Mannheim was not doing well for a while. Um, things were not going well with the head coach. And Adler Mannheim has, um, it's a higher caliber club within the, the German league. And they're not really performing as one. So they got rid of the coach, brought a new one in. And our man, Ruslan, first game, scores three minutes in, scores again uh, beginning of the second period and then adds a primary assist in the third period. Three-point game when the new coach steps in and you're going, all right, <laughs> take notice, coach. I want to play more because yes. he was getting about 15 minutes a day type of thing or a game under the old coach. Okay, well, that's a great sign. We love that. We, we want more playing time for Ruslan. Yeah, so we'll see what what happens going forward. Uh, I haven't heard from him and what what this new coach is like and such. Um, but uh, yeah, it's so far so good. Obviously for Resnishkov, who's uh, even then the first goal was one hell of a power move. He picks it up off the wing and just cuts to the middle with the defender on him. And, and remember, Russin is not big. He's five ten on his tippy toes, probably. 170 pounds, maybe 180 if he's put on a little bit more muscle now. Uh, he's not really big. And he he powered through that defender and, and got it in. So kid's got some muscle to him. That's impressive. We like that. Yeah. From there, we're into the Liga playoffs. So those are guys like Matthias Yarayanemi. We got Aturatu and Etuliukas are all performing in the playoffs. There's only one other Finnish prospect that we have, and that's Alexi Malinen who uh, Yip is not in the playoffs, that's for damn sure. And he's been spending most of the season at the U-20 level anyway, so anyways, whatever. Um, Things aren't going well for Aturatu's side. He's got one point in two games, uh, but they're down 2-0 in their best-of-seven series. Uh, The big difference is goalkeeping. The um, Cuckoo goalkeeper is 
much better, not maybe not much better, but at least much better in this series than the Ukrit one. And that that's changing the series altogether. Ukrit is the better team, but they're down to nothing because their goalie is not really uh, up to his normal caliber. Okay. Um, so they're just being held back by their goalie, I guess. Basic. It's not to say that he's doing badly. It's just he's not stopping the goals he would normally stop. Uh, Oscar Salmanen is a pretty damn good goalie and is one of the better goalies in the league. Just the other one is even better than he is right now. Gotcha. So not good. Uh, so obviously uh, everyone's eyes are not going to go like, okay, so uh, what about that Atur Atu kid? What's going on with him? I seem like, when can he come over? Mm-hmm. We we saw yesterday that the Los Angeles Kings brought in Samuel Hellenius, which was their second round pick from the 2021 draft. Same draft as Atur Atu. I think they picked him two or three spots after Ratu. Um, they signed him, obviously, in this, at the same time as they signed as the Islander signed Ratu. And seven days after Hellenius' season was over, they they brought him to North America. So he's already playing in the AHL Samuel Hellenius is. Wow. So if, if you could lose the next two games, the, they would be out of the playoffs and you would expect that Ratu Ratu would probably be in North America some seven days later. I'm not going to say guaranteed, but you can see that timeline with Samuel Hennis and then uh, apply the same thing to Atoratu. So what you're telling me is Lou has a private charter heading out that way now, just in case. So yeah, <laughs> the last game is on April 2nd, assuming that you could get swept. And I don't think that's going to happen because again, you is a really good team uh, and they shouldn't be down to nothing. It should be at worst tied one, one, but either way, let's just for the sake of discussion, say that they get swept. Their last game is April 2nd. That means don't expect him here until the, ninth type of thing the ninth of april and by here i really mean with bridgeport which gives us some time because the bridgeport islander season doesn't end until uh, april 23rd and that's just the regular season they're there as it stands right now in a playoff position okay that's good even if it's not a lot of time i would like to get him at least some experience with the ahl this year if possible yeah, so if he comes by and he's here on April 9th, and I don't expect, I do not expect him to be here, but just for the sake of the discussion we're having, that's still one, two, three, four, five, six regular season games before the playoffs begin. And if you're getting six free North American games for Atoratu, why the hell not? Yeah, no, absolutely. So there's that. And like I said, Etulukas is also playing. He's doing well in his bottom six role. Uh, there is a rumor right now that he is switching teams next year. I haven't asked him about it yet because I don't find it's appropriate to do so while he's in a playoff run. Like, hey, uh, Etu, are you still going to stick around with these clowns? When No, like, that's not yeah. something I'm going to ask him. Uh, but there's a rumor that he signed with HPK, which is another league aside, uh, for next season. Remember, this is the last year of his contract with TPS. And so I would assume that he's going to get a bigger role over HPK, and that's why he signed. Assuming I, I don't know that yet, right. but that that's the assumption right now is that he's going to be making the move next year, uh, and that's fine. He's playing really well right now. Uh, Matias Rayanemi is not playing; he is out injured, um, some sort of upper body, like my upper, I mean like top of the body, neck and up type of thing. Okay. Uh, and so I don't know if he's going to be playing in the playoffs either. Okay, don't love that. Obviously, wishing him the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last thing here is signings. The uh, Bridgeport Islanders or the New York Islanders haven't signed anyone yet. Uh, 
And the reason I bring that up specifically is because the NCAA season is over and they've got a bunch of NCAA players that on the reserve list that they're probably going to lose their, their rights to that you would expect to have signed at least at least one of them at this point. Um, so we're talking about guys like Logan Cockrell, who played five years for BU, was their captain. You'd think they would sign him like almost right away. Uh, and then we've got Christian Krieger. That's a, a defenseman out of MSU. So uh, and, and they got his rights to August 15th. He was there for four years. Shut down left shot defenseman. Still haven't signed him. And then you've got Ben Miragis. I don't think they're going to sign him. Something happened between him and Providence that has yet to rain, uh, come out uh, come to light. But I, I don't think that's going to happen here. And then we've got Jacob Pavanka, who was one of three captains for Notre Dame. And um, good, great face-off man. Good two-way player. And again, his rights expire on August 15th, 2022. And the Islanders have yet to sign him either. And I'm, I'm not sure why either of these guys haven't been signed yet. Yeah, that's a strange one. Um, Cockrell jumps out as someone who you'd think they'd want to stay and get. And um, yeah, that's that's a little surprising. The only thing I can think of is there's got to be some sort of timing here where they don't burn a year of the ALC, right? Because they have the rights until August 15th. Could they not just sign these guys July 1? And and I'm saying this out loud and I don't know the rule necessarily. I'm speaking out loud. So you at home listening maybe want to research that as I will do so after I get off this podcast. Um, Could they sign these guys, let's say July 1 and just have that contract be for next year? They're signed. We signed them at, before the rights expired. So why the hell not? I guess you could theoretically, right? I, I don't. I really don't see why not. Uh, and I'm sure they're they're not the only team to do so. Like, couldn't they just sign them anyways? And again, I'm speaking out loud. They could just sign them for 22-23 now and just give them an ATO to play in Bridgeport for the year. I, I don't. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what they did with Oliver Wallstrom. Is it not? I I thought so. Yeah. Right. So like, I don't see. See, we're talking through this. Excellent. Yeah, I don't see why they haven't done that to either of these players yet. It just seems strange. Yeah, that is weird. But anyway, that yeah, a little surprising. Good point. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's it. The only other players that are still um, that have an expiring or that are expiring on the reserve list are guys like Russian Ishikov, who they have to sign by June 1, and William Zafu, who they also have to sign by June 1. I guarantee you they will sign Williams a full. That's a 99% guarantee. And I'm going to give you like a 75% guarantee for wrestling. And even then, I think that's a little high. But uh, yeah. Okay. Um, can, can you talk about your player cards? Because those are really <laughs> cool. Um, I, I think that it's, des- I'm, I'm, it's deserving to, to praise these. So they're, they're awesome so if you don't know. I made these player cards for my YouTube channel, uh, Deckhands, and uh, they're they're just Islanders prospects. And they, I the way I did them is not like um, a spreadsheet because I've seen like the J Fresh cards, which are th- there's nothing wrong with those cards. But I thought like if I'm doing this for YouTube, which is a video uh, a visual medium, why am I? And this is what I was doing before, just showing like spreadsheet data, and this, this is not visually appealing. So I, I I built these cards that look like NHL hut cards. Uh, for our prospects that have like an offense, a defense rating, a shooting rating, an overall, an NHLE. And, and I just find that they look more visually appealing. So I, I did that. That was a project that consumed a lot more time than I'm willing to admit. Uh, and I, I think it turned out okay. It turned out phenomenal. So if you haven't checked out Mitch's work over on YouTube, you should. And uh, get a look at those oh, player cards because they are 
worth the price of admission, which is free. But I mean, they they are it's they, all free, baby. But, but they are, but they are very nice. Uh, I got a, a behind the scenes look, and I was blown away. Yeah, I got you to thank with your your uh, Jets cards. It got me like, God damn, I want to do something like that. And then the ball just the ball just went rolling, buddy. Yeah, there we go. Love it. So with that, shall we get to the quiz? Yeah, you're gonna hate this one. You're really gonna hate it. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> I did it. Wrong button. Hang on. Sorry. You hate it so much you hit the wrong button. So this is a Spiz special. And if you're not aware, Spiz is one of our long-term patrons, long-term, long-time patrons, long-time friend. And um, anyway, so he he gave me the suggestion and the first clue. Uh, If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, every week we have a mystery New York Islander for Matt and you at home to guess. You've got five clues to guess who they are. They get progressively easier as we go. Uh, the first one is usually some weird-ass clue, and that's what it's going to be this time, buddy. Are you ready? Let's do it. One, I share my first name with Spiz's childhood cat. I don't think anyone outside of, like, Spiz, his wife, and their sisters, or his sisters are going to get this. What kind of bullshit is this? Next question. <laughs> or clue. <laughs> Two, I have played 899 games at the NHL level. I've scored 250 points in those 899 and have one Stanley Cup to my name. Uh, Andrew Ladd. Incorrect. Good good guess. Well, he scored. Um, does he have two cups? He does. I, I, that's what I was just going to say. He does have two cups. That guy's got two cups. Unbelievable. Um, three. 18 of those 899 games were played with the Islanders in one season, and I scored six points in that season. Um. Okay, next. I played on the blue line, and I played with these teammates, Ziggy Palfi, Brian Berard, and Brian Smolinski. Okay. So obviously late 90s era Islanders. Okay, next. Now, I'm not sure. I, I don't know if I made this one too hard for you. I forget how up you are with your Parks and Rec. Um, my first name is the same name as, Les, as Leslie Nope's favorite diner. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Her favorite diner is JJ's. Okay, so JJ Daniel. It's JJ Daniel. Yeah, I would have never gotten that in a million years. No, okay, fair enough. He, yeah, he played with like basically every team in the NHL. Uh, not not exactly, but but a lot. And he was there for a split second with the Islanders in the in the nineties. Eighteen games played, and he came in and he came out. I think it was like six months from the day he was traded into the day he was traded out, type of thing. So he, he did not spend a lot of time on Long Island is what we're getting. Exactly, yeah. And apparently he shared a name with Spiz's cat, which is weird. Okay, well, thank you for that. Spiz is going to have to tell us why his cat's name is JJ. Yeah, now we got to know that information. Okay, good, 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 good. <laughs> Love it. Now we have to know that information. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the social segment. We'll be going around on Isles Twitter, see what's trending, what's going on. Mitch, what jumps out to you this week? Uh, first things first, I got to bring bring up the uh, the fisherman logo thing. Uh, 
there was a town hall with Lula Amarillo and, and Nick Hirschen, or I believe it was Nick who asked. Yeah, he asked about bringing back the Fisherman logo. And Lou says he encourages fans to write emails if they want it back. And then Shannon Hogan quickly pulled the crowd. And it's, it felt like a 50-50 split to me. And I'm, I'm sure someone at home is going to be like, ah, them kids want their ironic eh, logos. I just think it's it's already part of our history. Why not monetize it more? I, I don't care if they don't wear it. I just I just like the fact that they're at least selling the thing. There's, I was gonna say they sell it in the team store, so uh, clearly he doesn't yeah, hate that's it. That's all much. I care about. That's it. I just don't want them to bury the logo because I think it's an okay logo and it's still part. Of, you're not gonna get rid of it. It's not going anywhere at all. It, it, 90s nostalgia's in. I, I don't know if people have missed the memo and like it, it's just. I don't know. You you know where I feel on that one. So, um, yeah. yeah, it would be it would be cool. Yeah. So excellent stuff. Uh, obviously, everyone knows who Nick is. Um, the book is excellent, by the way. My first one comes from the Nassau Men Hockey Podcast on Twitter, and it's the screen grab of Sedano Chara with his arm around Noah Dobson and the caption is so there was this guy Mike Milbury dot 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 and it's just <laughs> it's so perfect there, there is a number of those and it was absolutely excellent to see them I have one here from uh, Isles PK I'm just going to bring it up now I, all I save is, is the link to the tweet here it says you know I used to make plays like that <laughs> in reference to <laughs> yes. Noah Dobson's like absolute scream not even screamer just like filthy pass that he made to Zach Parise for that goal insane levels of 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 just like everything together weight timing uh accuracy all of it combined into one for that pass and uh yeah excellent stuff love it uh my last one comes from Nick Alberga who says Prorated over 82 games, Brock Nelson is firing at a 47-goal clip. Let's start talking about it, please. And uh, I like that Nick isn't uh, trolling the aisles anymore. No, he, he's he's right. Like, is he what is he the most underrated player in the league, or just about? It feels like he's up there for sure. Like he's not talked enough about enough, right? He's on pace for almost 50 goals, and no one even knows who he is. Speak his damn name. Do the reverse Will Smith. Put his name in your mouth. Yes, please. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, my last one here comes from uh, Mrs. Berkey. I think we all know who she is. Uh, so Brendan had a on-air gaffe. And I, I don't call it a gaffe because I haven't been in his shoes specifically, but I've been on a microphone live with like, kind of like what we're doing now or or, or not. And sometimes you, you say things that are like, oh, crap, I didn't want to say it exactly that way. He said in Long Island. It... it that's not the way to say it. He knows it. Uh, just it comes out sometimes. And so he's getting crucified for it. And anyways, she tweets out um, because Brandon says, I'm going to serve my one day suspension on Thursday because it's a national broadcast and he's not going to be on it. And she says, a tattoo of Long Island or I'm changing the locks. Love it. That's funny. Um, <laughs> that's great. Uh, yeah. So that's just a slip of the tongue. Like, but I also love that we give him a hard time about it. Like, I don't know. It feels like the Islanders broadcast team is very much so a part of like the Islanders culture. And I think that he even appreciates like being in on the joke almost, you know? 
Yeah, absolutely. He he knows, and even the, the suspicious things, right? Where he talks about like not the suspicious things, the superstitious things. That's what it oh, is. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, like I, I'm not a superstitious person, and he'll just say that freely on the air, knowing that there's someone on Twitter going, like, "What are you doing, Brendan?" Yeah, there goes the shutout. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but P.S. Uh, the next time they do tattoos uh, at the barn, I. I or please do tattoos at the barn when I go the next time, because I will definitely get one of those. I would love to have a tattoo of Long Island at the barn. That would be incredible. That would be sick if we could somehow pull that off. Yeah. So we'll have to figure that out because I would love for that to happen. That would be very cool. So before we go, let's do some plugs. So wherever you're listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe and give a rating and review really helps out a lot. We appreciate all the love and support there. You can follow along with us on social media on Twitter is eyes on Isles FS. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary and why am Mitch is TLO Mitch. Facebook is facebook.com eyes on Isles. Uh, you could do the website eyes on Isles.com for all of our articles and our Patreon content. Our bonus content is patreon.com slash eyes on Isles. Five bucks a month gets you bonus New York, uh, New York Islanders. Excuse me. Content. I just I do I work too many jobs and they're starting to mesh together. I don't like it. Uh, where you get we do post game shows, we do mailbag shows, and there's a Discord channel of amazing Islanders fans. It's a blast. Definitely worth your while to check out. Right, Mitch. One hundred percent. We've got twenty two questions there. First one coming out hot out of the gates is William S saying. Chinese eggs roll with ketchups discuss with ketchup discuss. That is the first thing we're doing on the mailbag. I'm gonna it's s- going to be a good one. I'm going to save my take for the mailbag. So that that's going to do it for us on this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I am Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.